my fellow plebs, River is setting a new standard in Bitcoin. At river.com, you'll pay zero fees when you dollar cost average. Truly the best way to build your Bitcoin wallet. All Bitcoin at River is held in secure cold storage with 100% full reserves. There's no need to wonder what's happening behind the scenes. Your Bitcoin is your Bitcoin to withdraw at any time. Additionally, River lets you make Bitcoin payments via the Lightning Network, offers a Lightning integration for developers, and allows you to mine Bitcoin directly to your River account. River has a level of service that is unheard of in this industry, including phone support, private client advisors, and the ability to designate beneficiaries to inherit your Bitcoin wealth. River has become the premium name in Bitcoin that anyone can easily access. Sure, you have a place to buy Bitcoin, but have you tried River? See and feel the difference at river.com and the River iOS app, the preferred partner of Bitcoin Magazine. My fellow plebs, today's podcast is also brought to you by Moon Mortgage. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage makes it possible to materialize your assets into real estate. Through the collateralization of mortgages with Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will be launching lending solutions to allow investors to easily leverage their assets to purchase investments in owner-occupied property. Moon Mortgage's crypto mortgage will be launching soon for home buyers in Texas, Florida, and Colorado, and will also be open to investors in most states across the U.S. for investment properties. Welcome to the future of mortgages. Visit moonmortgage.com today to register and learn more. Moon Mortgage Residential is registered with the NMLS under number 235334. What's up, boys? How's it going? How's it going, Casey? Man of the hour. I'm glad to finally have you. Hey, man. Bro, boy, boy of the minute. Boy of the minute. What's up, Dylan? Dylan Craig. Dylan Craig Rag? Rag is first in the audience? Fuck yes. Let's go. How's it going, man? Yeah, so Craig and I were just kind of ranting about ordinals and inscriptions, but uh, you definitely have a better, more in-depth analysis about it. So yeah, I guess... Casey, I guess before you start, if you want to give a brief introduction for yourself and then maybe describe ordinals and then inscriptions, and then we can get into it. I do see people requesting to come up. I will let you guys up in a few minutes, but just kind of want to get this conversation off the ground and then I'll start bringing up people for questions. Nice. Yeah. So ordinals, uh, I made it with a lot of help and it's popping off. So I I guess I feel like we did a a pretty decent job of of explaining it for the people that were here for the the first few minutes. I'm kind of curious, like, how is it for you now that this is just like out of your hands? Like, has it gone a different direction that you were expecting? What is it like for you right now? It seems like you're really busy right now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a personal adjustment. I have gone from being a random guy in a Discord server one hour a day with my Canadian and then German apprentice programmers to somebody who is live on a Twitter space with how many people? So it's been an a rapid adjustment period, as they say. Is this what you were expecting with release? No, absolutely not. I, I, I knew I was building something good. I knew I was building something that people wanted. I knew that it, I thought it worked. I kind of thought there'd be more problems, but the tech stack is held up beautifully. And no, I thought it would be much, much, much slower. But as excitement built incredibly quickly, I've been realizing that excitement is just built quickly in a way that I had no anticipation of. 
and the you know the the, the 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 degeneracy has ramped up accordingly. I I would say that that uh, that makes sense. I know when we DM'd you, you're like, yeah, like my DMs are basically flooded right now. You're gonna have to send me an email. It'd probably be easier to get a hold of you. So I guess enjoy. The DMs are falling one by one, like it's one it's one after another. I'll tell the order. Like first they come for Twitter, and then you're like, okay, but I'm doing good on Signal, and then they come for you in Signal. And then email is like the last bastion. It's the last, it's the Mott and Bailey. It's the center of the castle, the last thing to fall. But then email starts to call too, and then fall too. And then then you start getting voicemails. <laughs> and you're like, some reporter is like desperate to reach you. And they're like, bro, talk to me. That's hilarious. Well, enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, or maybe, uh, you know, turn off all your devices and chill for for a little bit on a weekend, maybe. But no, I, I guess we were getting into the conversation of the ordinals and inscriptions of it all. And I, I know some people love it. Some people hate it. That seems to be the way it is with anything in Bitcoin. So I've been listening to a lot of your interviews with Stefan Lavera and Matt O'Dell on Citadel Dispatch and such. Yeah. Did so you see I, the part about him to admit on air that he doesn't run a full node? I, I saw that. I, I know yep. he, he was annoyed by that. Bro, I love you, Matt. I love you, bro. I had to do it to you. So I guess the the thing that I wanted to ask, so I, I think the two points I want to start with is a lot of the, I don't want to say hardcore Bitcoiners, but many of the Bitcoiners are annoyed by the discount that people get, the 75% discount or paying 25% of the normal transaction fees. Obviously, I've heard different arguments from different people. Saying how, like, even though they're paying a, a huge discount by comparison, to the sats per vbyte obviously the data size that normally they're inscribing is much much larger than a normal financial tri- transaction and you know i think shinobi was kind of the one that coined it like people are freaking out but you know it's the fee market will play itself into you know how it inscribes you know i've seen some varying from you know $10 equivalent of sats to all the way up to like a million sats or about $200 for the value of inscriptions. I, I don't follow it too closely, so I don't know what the most someone's paid for an inscription at the moment. But yeah, Casey, anything that you want to talk about there with, you know, people being annoyed at the discount that people get for the witness data? Yeah, first off, it sounds like you need to start inscribing, bro. Like just make, do the opposite, make good calls and then start inscribing them. That's my personal advice. But then to the to the haters, I would say that it sounds like it sounds like they feel like inscriptions are unfairly cheap. Is that Would that be your summary as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that that's what they're assuming or saying, yes. Huh, unfairly cheap. I feel like I've heard that before, perhaps when SegWit was being adopted. Is that, am I remembering correctly, my friend? I, I think you would be correct in, in that assumption, yes. I guess then this that leads me... Is this, is this Groundhog Day? Are we just, is it the same day every day? Is that what's happening? Uh, yeah, maybe some could assume that. I guess the next argument that seems to be annoying people is, huh. you know, you know the, the my Bitcoin or, you know, that basically there's things on the arbit, put on the Bitcoin blockchain that is monkey JPEGs or pictures or whatever that people seem to be complaining about. You know, it's kind of ruining, quote unquote, their Bitcoin. But I find this argument kind of silly because, you know, we're trying to create permissionless money. And I do think there's upsides to it, you know, sending a message to, you know, freedom fighters or people that are in authoritarian regimes or maybe updating schematics of 3D printed guns 
or whatever it may be, putting a message could be very important that can't be taken down by governments. I think the canonical example would maybe be an FGC9 in Myanmar, where Jake Hanrahan has reported, or he did a podcast episode that Myanmar rebels are using the FGC9 to resist the state. That sounds like a maybe a canonical example of the kind of thing that these people are worried about. Yeah, no, and I would agree. I think that that's a net positive for people in general. Oh, sorry. Can you repeat that? I was just blending a protein. No, I was saying I think that that is a good thing that we want and that we want to advocate for. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is money for enemies, right? And people already do, you know, it's not like a, it's a very, very, very small percentage of use on the network. But people already use Bitcoin for gut-wrenching things that, you know, you don't like. And that's the nature of Bitcoin. It's money for enemies. And so that is going to be a reality, a, a, a minor reality, because it looks like if you look at Bitcoin, most people are good people and they want to use it to transact. They don't want to use it to hurt each other. They want to use it to transact and protect themselves. And that's probably going to be the reality of inscriptions. Human beings are a social species. We grew up in small, tight-knit groups, so sometimes we get a little bit paranoid from people outside of our group. But we are a social, friendly, helpful species to each other and to our friends. And I think we can expect that ordinals, if it becomes sort of a social layer on Bitcoin, may, may have that kind of vibe. You know, that it's, it's wacky, it's weird, it's funny, and it's, it's people just vibing hard, and that people will use it for things that are not to your taste, um, but that, that, you know, that, that, that that's going to be how it plays out, you know, and that's fine. And people do things not to one's taste all the time, and we just kind of have to, like, deal with it, you know? Definitely. Yeah, Craig, Reese, anything you want to add? And welcome Matt C. and Ragnar up to the stage. Yeah, if you guys, open mic, if you guys want to ask Casey anything. Yeah. So it seems to me that I've been do- looking at a lot of data around like fees and fee rate and how much fees have been paid specifically for inscriptions. And it seems to me that like now that we've gotten past 100,000, it seems like the fee rate is is going down significantly. And I'm just kind of curious, like, do you see this? Do you see- think the mad dash is over? Do you think that like we're going to see inscriptions evolve in a certain way? Or do you think that this might just be a lull until 200,000K inscriptions and then people rush again to get in before that? Or 500K inscriptions and people rush to get in before that? Sounds like we got a kiddo in the background. So, yeah. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. Another audience member was laughing who I believe has experience with that. So, uh, yeah. So, fees. Yeah. So, there were some things in the code that was, like, technically very unsophisticated. It would choose a default fee rate for you of one sat per V-byte, and we hadn't implemented any kind of fee bumping or CPFP where you can sort of rescue a stuck transaction. So sophisticated users were more able to figure it out. We had some bugs. And so there's this both a mad FOMO rush, and at the same time, we also had a technical issues that prevented users from, it prevented users who were sophisticated from exercising their sophistication over the amount of fees that they wanted to pay. And so we saw this like, very mad rush, lots of stuck transactions, but things are getting better slowly in the code. And that's going to that's gonna help people kind of manage their Bitcoin wallets a bit better so that they can like, you know, 
pay a low fee, bump it, whatever makes sense for them. And then, yeah, but you know, there's always going to be FOMO cycles. So it's kind of the two, like, it's like, there's the Bitcoin FOMO cycle and there's the, or sorry, there's going to be the ordinals and inscriptions FOMO cycle because they're different. Dylan is shilling wildly with the pin DMs. I think we see like, yeah, it's just all this going fucking ham. (laughs) Am I looking at my old tweets? Anyways, yeah, it's going to be wacky and it's going to be a a long-term interaction between like, uh, between the sort of FOMO cycles and the tech, the, as users' technical sophistication, as software technical sophistication matures, because that has an impact on the on the fee network. Part of the weird thing of becoming like a like a like a micro celebrity is like like it's weird socially because a lot of people are interested in you. And then similarly, it's been weird because I'm an open source project maintainer who now maintains a, a code base that will gener- is generating a lot of the network traffic. And so the changes and how that code base evolves have a very profound impact on the fee market. I'm sort of frackling off here, but I think that is maybe a not very short answer to your question. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I have, I do want to come keep going on that thread. So, you know, in your Citadel Dispatch episode, you and Odell were talking about the block, uh, like the mempool. He, he thinks it will never clear again. I've seen this, this theory around inscriptors being the Bitcoin block space buyers of last resort. What do you think about that? You know, there are, if you're a watch guy, there are inscriptions that are like a Timex, which is a fine American timepiece, quartz, you know? And if you are a Rolex guy, there's watch, there's like inscriptions like Rolexes that are like very, very, very expensive watches. And so these different classes of users have very different fee preferences. And in the long term, if the hype keeps up sufficiently, I think we might be in a situation where the mempool never clears, and that would be good for Bitcoin's security model. Yeah, without a doubt. I know this was kind of another argument that people brought up that is this destroying fungibility in the sense that you're tying more information to the Bitcoin blockchain? And, you know, maybe, you know, they do it in a non-KYC route of getting an inscription. But at the end of the day, there is still more information on this transaction because of ordinals. Do you see that being a fungibility in the issue in the long run? And I just ask this generally because this is kind of complaints that I've heard, you know, from people. Yeah, I think I'm starting to develop a specific answer to that criticism, which is that just like Bitcoin has a gradiated opt-in privacy model where users with different threat models can pick the privacy level that they want, and this enables users to find trade-offs that work for them. So you can be a guy who is like, you know, on a mountain with a gun sinking your Bitcoin core node from a satellite, or you can be a guy who, like me, I often use custodial services that I think they're fine and that inter- interact with the fiat world. So. I love River Financial for like stuff that is like, just like straight face docs, you know, where everybody knows that I'm going to do it. And then, you know, more obscure things like, you know, having the, having high value objects in a offsite location. Like, so these are Bitcoin security trade-offs and how that relates to privacy is that Bitcoin also has, has op, yeah, yeah, security trade-offs, opt-in privacy, opt-in security, find what works. And I think the same is true for notability. If, if ordinals is like a collectibles layer and inscriptions is like an art layer, 
than an art and culture layer, then different people are going to opt into different levels of notability, both with the inscriptions they make and how they manage their wallets. Some people might have rare sats that they want everybody to know that they own as a kind of, you know, weird, like, status symbol. Or, I don't know, they like the attention, I don't know. Or some people might be, you know, trading rare sats in a dank bar in San Francisco after a meetup sometime. You know, like, that. it's, a, it's sort of like opt-in, gradiated, user-specific levels of notability. And I'm kind of rambling here because this is something that I think is a very reasonable criticism, you know? There's a user protection aspect as well. People get confused by Bitcoin's privacy model. And so I do think that there's a very reasonable criticism there. And uh, yeah, th this is the way that I'm thinking about it. Not really the way that I'm addressing it. The way that I'm addressing it is trying to improve the privacy of ORD, the main implementation of the ordinals protocol and of inscriptions. And I'm trying to add privacy features as I can. There is actually a privacy feature already. I added it very early. It's called postage. When you create an inscription, you add additional stats to it. And these additional stats can pay for, well, when you, yeah, when you create an inscription right now, um, these additional stats will pay for future hops. And when you do that, you don't need to merge in an extra coin from your wallet, which improves your privacy. So my approach to privacy is to attempt to improve privacy, you know, bit by bit and uh, see how, see how things shake out in the end, kind of like a, like a great, like a, like a progressive enhancement kind of strategy. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's great. And to your point, I think, you know, a lot of people, not just Bitcoiners, people in general have a collector mindset. I, I know that's a broad generalization. Not everyone has a collector mindset, but this is kind of a question I asked someone I was interviewing recently. It's like, if you could get, you know, Bitcoin, you know, 51, you know, after the Genesis block, like Satoshi's 51st Bitcoin or the 51st Bitcoin mind, would that have a different value than like one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin on the market. So I guess my, my other question right. to you is like, oh, like with your implementation of rare sats, is one sat not equal to one sat anymore? Is that not a valid equation? Because some sats are worth more than another. I don't know. That's just kind of a general question kicking it over to you, Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great, great question. I think for what I've kind of been learning is that people use fungibility as like a dirty word and they don't really know what they mean by it. So my take is that the important thing is that when you send Bitcoin, well, one example of an important thing in terms of fungibility, I, 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 would, I would encourage people who have those sorts of criticisms to make a more direct kind of actionable criticism. So one concern about fungibility is you go to a KYC exchange like River. I'm shilling Alex really hard right now. You go to River, you deposit a Bitcoin, and Alex wants to treat it the same as every other Bitcoin, but he has links to the fiat system, right? He's, 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 River is, you know, deeply connected to the fiat system because it's for, you know, kind of this legacy customer base who are, you know, pre-coiners or no-coiners or whatever. So he, he might, you know, I actually don't think he does any Bitcoin KYC. Let's say a wire transfer. Now I'm like fucking spiraling out here. Where did I start? Oh, one, one sat, one sat. So you go and you deposit a Bitcoin to Coinbase and you don't get really a Bitcoin credited in your account or they put a hold on your account, right? That's the, that's the more actionable criticism that this affects Bitcoin's fungibility. FUD is very boring. So I suggest people bring, bring their A game, but yeah. And, and, and I don't think that this, that is at risk of happening, like that you would, 
your, your Bitcoin would be worth less if you deposit it. And if you deposited it and it was worth more, that might kind of be okay. You might be like, oh shit, I found a rare set, you know? So I think it's a very nuanced kind of area of discussion. I think like ultimately at the end of the day, like you can spend your inscription Bitcoin in the same way that you could spend non-inscripted Bitcoin and somebody might want that more. So they might be pay, pay you more for it. Or if you don't even know there's an inscription attached, you might accidentally send that as just regular Bitcoin. So like, I still think there is, there's, it remains fungibility and maybe fungibility is a spectrum. I don't know. I haven't thought too much about that, but I'm curious how you see like the development, what you're seeing with development changes. Like we, you've brought over all these NFT in, like investors or people, I don't know, NFT people to, to Bitcoin now. So like, what are the developments you're seeing there? Yeah, I was just curious, like, what are you seeing with development? Because you've brought over a ton of interest and minds and developers from other chains. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, what you're, what you're seeing with development and, like, wallet software and things like that. Because right now, what I've seen is most people are, are using Sparrow. But Sparrow doesn't necessarily, like, read inscriptions. You just have fine-tuned coin control and UTX management over there. So like, what are you seeing with development and how do you seeing that? How do you see that moving forward? My fellow plebs, come celebrate Bitcoin winner in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from Miami 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLive to get 10% off your tickets before prices go up. Plebs, if you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, then you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's a free and a paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts Dylan LeClaire, Dr. Jeff Ross, and Sam Rule break down what's going on in the market so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. I would be very happy if Sparrow and Craig Raw continued adding a little bit more support. Craig is very busy. He's really doing God's work with Sparrow, but he's been an incredible ally in the situation in the sense that we very quickly figured out that we had a lot of features that users wanted that we didn't, that we weren't able to provide. And we realized that due to a combination of coin control, coin selection, labeling, Sparrow wallet could be used very effectively for, for, for like kind of a power user who wants to manage their, their pile of, of, of rare and exotic sats. And so we made that recommendation early on initially with the thought that maybe they would use it temporarily. But, you know, I, I'm very, very, very happy that the Bitcoin only projects in the ecosystem are getting the recognition that they deserve. And I think it's fabulous that Craig, I mean, I don't know, he probably has mixed feelings about it. We joke in DMs like, bro, I'm so sorry. I'm, I hate to do this to you. Like, he's like, how do I deal with this inbound? Like, he's freaking out. I really hope we can chat over beer sometime. But yeah, I think it would be great if, 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 if you know, devs want users. Craig is a, is a dedicated Bitcoin dev. And he is probably going to cope with this new influx of users. And they're going to get, you know, support and you know, for the limited use cases, limited kind of power user use cases that it's good for. Yeah, so now rambling again, but the to make a long story short, 
I think it is, I'm very happy that the Bitcoin community is stepping up and the Bitcoin developer community is stepping up to support these users. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, and I think that that's a great continued direction. I think we'll maybe fade into the background slowly. And by me, I mean whatever the Ordinals project is and what Ord does. And it will, I think, lead real like protocol direction development and make the really important key decisions until such time as they can be decentralized, blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my role that I'm thinking of for development. I wanted to just piggyback a tiny bit on what Craig had uh, Craig, asked who am I there. talking to? Free, Slav, Free Slave, yeah, free. Bitcoin Class of 2021, yes, yeah. Friendly Maxi, design stuff for Bitcoin Magazine. Love it. I love the Friendly Maxi. They, they, they let me in the door. They let me... They... Let me sneak in here. Bro, so, let's uh, hear it. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So my quick question is, so I, I, I do notice a lot of uh, people coming from other chains that are that are now sort of looking at Bitcoin possibly for the first time and are are interested now in, in sort of some of the, uh, the things that are going on over here. What would you say to those people like why? Why Bitcoin over other, you know, other chains or other projects? Why did you decide to do ordinals and everything here? And, you know, why would you, you know, recommend that they, they look at Bitcoin? I think the thing that I would tell them is that the key sort of factor was, for me, was interest in art as a generative artist and discrepancies in ERC, in, in Ethereum's ERC-721 NFT standard and related standards, deficiency in the Ethereum protocol, deficiencies in the Ethereum protocol development process, deficiencies in the Ethereum protocol initial coin allocation, issues with Ethereum's initial monetary policy, issues with Ethereum's privacy model, issues with many of the fundraising and development practices on Ethereum. And so I think it was a, it was a, but it was, I explored using Ethereum, but I never acted on it. And it was that, it was that exploration that produced such learnings as convinced me to, that Ethereum was deficient. And Ethereum is actually a very large ecosystem, but it is a deficient ecosystem, technically, socially, culturally, aside from a lot of great art, which is there. So, and then Bitcoin is a very has problems, but there's a lot of good people who are very smart. There are spaces where very good development happens, such as Craig Raw's GitHub as a, you know, motivated developer might like to look at and su su submit a nice issue or PR. And that I did not want to be in the Ethereum ecosystem. And I did want to be in the Bitcoin ecosystem, personally, professionally, technically, financially, everything. So there are a lot of subtle factors at play, and I would encourage people to reflect on those many subtle factors. Can you expand on like, like I, th there's now, I, I saw an article that like there's inscriptions on Litecoin 
And now there's a lot of people from Stacks getting interested in inscriptions and can building I, can things I on in Stacks. For a can so, I just bump in? Please, yeah, please. So those are not inscriptions. Say more. Yeah, so inscriptions are a specific implementation of digital artifacts that exists on Bitcoin using a specific set of return opcodes in a transaction witness. And that transaction witness is indexed by an index, and that index is maintained by some process and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't want to be prescriptive about what is an inscription or not, but those people are confused and should be gently reminded that you can't do inscriptions on Litecoin because they do not exist. There are airsats things that exist out there, like chicory coffee, which is good sometimes, but other times it's a little tiresome and you just want some fucking caffeine. So inscriptions are the caffeine, inscriptions are the coffee, and those things are something else entirely. And they're free to call them what they want, but they should be careful with names and, you know, label them appropriately so that users can set expectations. Sorry for the, uh, the, the PSA. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, same, same here. That's kind of what I was, what I was looking for too. So I appreciate that. I, I had one other kind of train of thought with, you know, in ordinals and inscriptions, sort of unlocking this, you know, ability to kind of look at the, the, the Bitcoin chain with this lens and kind of do interesting things with it and see kind of rare sats and inscriptions and stuff like that. Do you see some other potential use cases, like besides the obvious, you know, storing some immutable data on chain and then the, you know, the, the friendly DGEN stuff that we've been seeing happen? Do you have, do you see some other potential wild ideas or anything like that on the horizon potentially with utilizing this sort of framework? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, <clears throat> sorry, I, I, I put on my headphones. Can you hear me? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We got so, you. I'd say, you know, it's a, it's a community process. And the thing that I come down really hard on is when people have things that aren't inscriptions and aren't ordinals. I, I don't even, it's not even clear to me if you can have ordinals off Bitcoin. I, I kind of don't think so from the way that I use the language and intend the language. These are again, airsats, mislabeled things, sharp objects and dangerous containers that are a attractive nuisance as a lawyer would put it, but they are not ordinals and they are not inscriptions. They are other things that are not on Bitcoin and those things need to be labeled appropriately. I have been very critically publicly of stacks for essentially running what I believe effectively to be a unaffinity scam, you know, functionally speaking with their .btc domain names that some people believe is Bitcoin. And for me personally, anything that has its own token is really not Bitcoin. It's something else that deserves to be labeled as such, you know? And it is maybe disingenuous at best for stacks to do it. And it is a active, not just functional scam in the case of BSV. So I would say label things carefully. For me, stacks is and, and probably will forever be something that is not on the Bitcoin side of things. Other things I warm up to a little bit more quickly, like the counterparty community, even though it's like, Jesus Christ, the tech is not great. 
last I heard there were like, you know, small number of people running full nodes. The counterparty full node of the software is a mess and, but you know, it has its own token, but the token is like only kind of privileged and they have a community that's amazing. And they've already done things like try to fractionalize ordinals using the native counterparty protocol. And I think that is fabulous. And so th there's kind of like a hierarchy in my mind of the other chains and how harshly I have to deal with them in public so that people to avoid confusion kind of know how I stand on such things. And for me, Stacks and Bitcoin Cash, Bcash as they call it, or BSV, Craig Wright's scam coin, those are kind of pretty far away from where I want to be. And Counterparty is, is very close to where I want to be. If Counterparty decided to deprivilege their native token in a few, in one key way, I think you they could get to a place where I'd be really comfortable saying like, I don't know, maybe it is Bitcoin, you know? So yeah, that's where I am with that question. Throwing it back to you or somebody, or Rag, Rag just unmuted. Casey, how Bro, are you? Great. I saw you in the audience. Good to see you, man. Looking fresh as always in the camo. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's, it's you know, it's my favorite yeah, pattern. It's kind of Listen, my signature. Do you have look. a torso or is it just a floating head? No, I'm just, I'm actually oh, an Android. Oh, shit, bro. Nice. Off the chain. All right. Good to, <laughs> good to get the formalities yeah. out of the hey. way. We have to laugh sometimes or people will think we're literally like cahootsniks. Like we're like, that we planned this conversation, which we did not. But it, it, it sounds like we have, because you just like teed it up perfectly. Like, it sounds like we like chatted behind the scenes first and you were going to tee up the stacks and I was going to hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah, no, I, I saw um, you there and I was like, oh, you know, Rag, he like, he's, he, he has concerns or, you know, like you're like, I kind of know your perspective. And so I was like looking at my phone while I talked and I was like, oh, I got to be nice. Rag is here. And then I was like, oh, but you know, got to really stick to the, stick to the message, you know? It was a real-time negotiation I did with myself. Well, I appreciate the total lack of diplomacy. No, no, I appreciate that. We're going to do a whole nother Twitter space on why Casey is wrong on stacks, and that'll be another day. But, but a couple comments, Casey. First, I sent you a Twitter DM, so check that. But secondly, Aaron, um, Aaron, Aaron, putting stacks aside for one second. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's... It's not a threat. Don't worry. It's a friendly thing. <laughs> no, no, um, no, bro. I know. At this point, so... I know. If I, get a gun, if I get a gun in the mail from you, it's just a gift, you know? It's not like some sin message. Yeah. It's, it's not a threat. It's a thank you for DMing me. So, so for those in the audience, I like Casey, even though he's wrong about stacks, because Casey was really nice. So back in December, he sent me a DM saying, hey, like I've, you know, Ordinals has gotten farther along. You should use this for Trajan. Trajan is my startup. A reputation app and Casey was kind enough to DM me and say, Hey, you should check out Ordinals to use it for stacks, or excuse me, to use it for Trajan because it doesn't have its own token, it's all on chain. So Casey was very nice to send me that message and, and sent me to the docs. And I'm actually pivoting Trajan to use Ordinals, but I'm still thinking about how stacks can help. But anyway, so to those in the audience, I like Casey, even though he's wrong about some things. But Casey, what I liked about this tweet that's pinned up here, it says you, you wrote. Ordinals haters can either protest at the corner of Seethe and Cope or build. So kind of my question is, or maybe it's a comment too. I love seeing how ordinals and inscriptions have just lit off this 
new builder sort of culture and just building in general. Because I feel like for so long, Bitcoin has just been like this church of philosophers and megalomaniacs and politicians. But now it's brought in all these builders and, and people who are now running a full node, people who are building marketplaces, people who are building collections, people who are inscribing, like even me now, I'm, I'm able to build on Bitcoin layer one, even though stocks isn't a sin, but I'm able to now take Trajan and build it on Bitcoin layer one. So to me, like, I'm not always a positive person, but I'm positive on this of, of, of building. So I guess my question is, what's your view on seeing kind of a growth and just kind of the builder mindset rather than like the talk or podcast. Mindset. I love it. I love it. I think Bitcoin has been very small. It, it, you know, it's, it's rapidly exploding, but it's a niche kind of community. And in niche communities, I think that what happens is that everybody kind of starts focusing on, on scrabbling over the, 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 a slice of sort of a fixed size pie. You know, they're, they're like, they're doing their weird interpersonal beef shit. And they're just like, you know, whatever. I fucking hate interpersonal beef. I think if I have like static with somebody, I want to call them immediately and try to resolve it. You know what I mean? And, and like, so that makes me uncomfortable. And that's a part of that, like, kind of what I've come to call left curve. Well, sometimes positively, sometimes times negatively left curve maximalism, which is like, you know, it can be, it can come from a great place and be this sort of like, just like, Hey, I want things to be simple. I want things to work. I want predictable money. I want predictable tech. And, but then it can also come from a sort of like weird reactionary place, like a weird, like, oh, like this is new, this is different. Like, and also I had, I've dug in in this community and I'm like kind of engagement farming in some like way, which is really just being a bully, you know? And so like, it's just like, there are parts of the Bitcoin culture that I want to leave behind and parts that I want to take with me, take with us and parts that. I think we can also grow and that building part is really great. You know, for a lot of point time, if you were a shipper and you wanted to ship things to users and at, you know, the ordinals corporation, we ship and we rip, like you didn't have a place where you could do that. You'd get bounced between a dozen billion mailing lists and all the shit that you wanted to build with, you know, like a fucking pachinko ball or some shit. You just fall through the cracks. And I think that by, giving people a way to contribute it positively and to encourage them to explore ordinals, which means something on Bitcoin and inscriptions, which means a specific thing on Bitcoin that they can find a way to get, get what they want. Right. It's all about getting what you want, you know, kind of at the end of the day, right. You want to, you want to, you know, shoot a, you know, a deer at, I don't know, thousand yards. That would be pretty wild. That's like sniper territory you would build a very different weapon than if you were going to deal with, you know, a person entering your space, right? Like, so shippers are going to ship, builders are going to build, people are going to try to get what they want. And, and providing them a constructive place to do that is really excellent, you know? Yeah, I agree. And it's just opened up so many things to build because before you're basically stuck with, if you want to build something new, it's like lightning, and like, that was kind of the only real space to do something new. And then you brought up another good point, which is kind of a permissionless thing. So something about drive chains, I'm sure you're familiar with those, is they require 
you know, a soft fork and, and samurai wallet guys have a good saying where they say asking permission is seeking denial. So if you wanted to add something to Bitcoin, you have to go through the bit process and you've got certain people who I won't name. I'm in the middle of the bit uh, process blocking. and Luke Desheer is not happy about it, but he's a process guy. So he'll get aboard eventually, bro. I know all about this at this point. I know all about this. Yeah, but but yeah, the bit process and and so the samurai wallet guys they have just shipped. They have their coin join whirlpool that works. They have paintings that works, and all these things are things that the click doesn't like, that core doesn't like. And so I think Ordinals shows a few things that you can, if you want to build, you have to do it without re getting permission. And so for your bit, I actually kind of don't like it. So I'm glad that you have to go through that process, <laughs> but I'm happy to see you build anything as it exists. So that's my comment. Otherwise I'll keep going on forever. So let me, you. let me just brief tip. It's really good. The thing about process is that people are just kind of doing their jobs, you know, and they get used to it. They just kind of do their job. I'm sure Luke is dealing with this on autopilot at, at this point. He gets like Bitcoin physical heart, bro. Come on with the emojis. Luke, Luke, Luke has his his thing that he's doing, and he wakes up every morning. He checks his email at a certain time. He sees this like ordinals bullshit in the fucking bip repo, and, and he's like, "Oh, it's gonna burn off," you know. So like, you just gotta stick with the process. If you're a ordinals improver, or you're concerned about privacy, and you'd like to sort of help this process along in whatever direction, learning the culture of that repo going, reading historical stuff, reading comments, that will help you understand the space and how to participate. You'll notice that I was memeing very heavily at first and, and saying inflammatory things in my comments, but I've chilled off now. And I'm just waiting to see how the process resolves itself. I don't have very much input, except to kind of remember to remind everybody that a BIP is a description of technology. So it is a description of, of technology. It is not a sort of prescriptive thing that we should do. And so y'all just need to remember that, how do I put this? Ordinals has already happened and now we're just cleaning up the pieces. My fellow plebs, come celebrate Bitcoin winner in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from Miami 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off your tickets before prices go up. Plebs, if you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, then you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's a free and a paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts Dylan LeClaire, Dr. Jeff Ross, and Sam Rule break down what's going on in the market so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.